0: You or God's moving in your heart, uh, we would love uh, that help in that way. So, uh, you can fill all that information out. If you fill it out right now, you can put it in the offering plate as it comes by. Okay? So, but we need who's coming. That's important. All right, on the back this Wednesday, we have John Hayward coming. Okay? He's one of our missionaries that we support. He's going to get to tell what's going on on the mission field. And I'm sure we're going to have time where we can ask questions. That's going to be, uh, I believe, I'm getting my fingers all messed up here. That- <laughs> the unintended anthem, right? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Is this for me? Yeah. My goodness, this is nice. I might drink that. I was just sitting here a while ago, letting my mind go wherever, and that's dangerous. (laughs) Uh, Some reason I got to thinking about the early church, uh, sitting in that upper room for 10 days. 10 days. What in the world did they do? Peter had an itch, couldn't scratch half the time. Uh, Thomas, I don't know, he had a little... Tendency toward melancholia once in a while. All those disciples are so different, and Jesus tells them to wait. What would happen if we waited? I, I've been thinking nothing about speaking this morning. You know, getting up here and talking. And I think the Lord is sort of cautioning me. There's power in waiting. There's power in listening. Power in being still. Why? Because God's here. And the first thing we do when we come into his presence or into worship or want to be in his presence or want to be aware of it is be still. The Bible says be still. And know that I am God. If we just were still, we wouldn't be so trying to change things so hard, we wouldn't be working so hard at what we can't do. We'd be rather aware of what we can't do, not what we can do. And when we become aware of what we can't do, then we can. It sort of like turns on that phrase Jesus said, whoever would save his life will lose it. People try real hard lose it. Lose what they're reaching for. But one who gives up their life, that is, their heart, their being, their thoughts, their self-awareness that they can do this or that, are the ones who find it. Because you're making room for God to come in. You're making room for the Spirit of God. So Jesus said to this crowd of men who are used to walking, I mean, they walked, and, you know, 30 miles a day was nothing for them, as I would read the Scriptures, They were talking and walking and talking, and, you know, we're all very good at that. That's one way to get our attention is to walk and talk, you know. We love it. I'll talk as long as I can be active. I'll, I'll listen as long as I can do something with my hands or my feet or whatever. But being still, I have a feeling in 10 days they pretty wore out every topic they had ever discussed. I have a feeling they were going over their notes from what Jesus was teaching them in the 50 40 he was with them, trying to figure it out. What are we to do now? Be still. And they were at every topic and went over all of that and finally came to a point where they sat around and looked at each other. They come to the end of discussions, come to the end of speculation come to the end of why's, what's. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And there was, as it were, tongues of fire dancing on their heads. I just think they lit up. That's just our way of saying they lit up. I've seen people light up, haven't you? Any good teacher, anybody who's teaching and really wants to communicate and you've got something you think you want to connect, you feed off of that light that comes only students in your classroom. I just love it. I, I feed off of you the light that you get. When, when when God has ignited me and ignited you, it's the same light. But it's got to come from beyond us. And that's what the message of Jesus is all about. It's about not about you, it's about my spirit. That's what it was with the prophets. It was my spirit that moved on you moved on men, and caused them to speak beyond their ability and beyond their knowledge and beyond their comprehension. It was my spirit that came upon them that caused them to stand up courageously among their own people and tell them what was wrong and what God wanted them to do. It was my spirit that came upon those prophets who suffered abuse and criticism and hostility. It was my spirit that was on those people that gave them courage beyond their power. And anybody ever opened their hearts to God and did what I just did, you know, limp up here, knows how we feed on the Spirit, on the common awareness that God is with us, how we need each other, how we inspire each other because the Spirit of God is on each of us here. So I think they sat around and waited to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, does it? I want to go back, and this is the fundamental. I don't know why I'm here. Maybe God wants me to be here. I hope he does. Be baptized, he said. After, you will be baptized. Go and wait. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We turned that thing into a personalized doctrine, you know. you. Well, they were each one filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled before Pentecost. Jesus had said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, and breathe upon them, they received. They had the Spirit to know what to do with Him. They had the Spirit within them, so they gave them understanding when Jesus taught them in those 40 days. They had the Spirit within them that, that suddenly lit up their minds and their uh, and, and they began to have a growing courage within them and a, a fire that was burning inside. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what happened to the church, the gathered people. I, I look for that. Everywhere I go, I want to see the Spirit lighting somebody. I want to smell smoke in this place if I don't see fire. Because you have the Spirit. You have God's living person in you. And there's a fire that burns in here. It may grow low as coals and needs to be fanned alive, but it's a fire in you and me that just feeds on air feeds on the air, the blowing of the Spirit. It doesn't feed on any driven self-energy. It feeds on the air about us. And they had this fire in them. They had this, depth, this spirit within them. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it wasn't from him coming from the outside on them. There were fire hoses in that place. Every one of them had a fire hose. They were the Spirit. They were filled already, they had the Spirit already, and all they did was in that quiet moment, as they waited, the Spirit rose up in them, in their desire finally. They were no longer trying to figure anything out, they were just available, and the Spirit rose up in them as a river of living water and flooded out, and the next thing you know, that whole room was awash with 24 hoses, or how many people were there? Spirit running down the walls. Spirit running down on them. And they burst out into the public places and they were, they were ecstatic and excited and the Spirit of God was visibly upon them. I long to see that again. I've seen it before some measures. We need to wait. Understand who is here. God is with us. If there's one message I have at the end of my life, as I approach the end of my life, is that God is with us. Well, I started there, but I end there with a great understanding how much he is with us. And if there's anything I want you to know today as I preach this message on his table, I want you to come away from here knowing God's with us in this. Wait upon the Lord, and you'll renew your strength. You'll run and not be weary of walking, I think. You'll mount up with wings of an eagle. And wait means like twisting a rope, strands of a rope together. That's one interpretation. Three strands of rope, you just twist them together. They entwine themselves around each other and are stronger for that purpose, for that waiting. The church, we need to wait upon the Lord and allow God to work in us. We don't have any answers, but he has them. And when one after the other of us begin to catch fire, God can do great things. We are not defeated, ever. What happens where two or three gather together in Jesus' name has the potential of shaking the world. So I'm asking you this morning to be more passive as you approach what you can do for God, and let God do something for you. Come to the table and make yourself available to him. Come to worship and make yourself available to him to worship through you. God inhabits the praise of his people. It's not your talent, my talent. You know what a talent is? It's a broken wire in us that harks back to what we originally were intended to be. We were all intended to be very talented. We were all intended to have all kinds of abilities. And if we have anything that's in us called a talent, it's just a remnant of Eden. Broken wires that sometimes spark and sometimes work. We boast about our broken wire if we want to, but we are very detached from God, and we need to be back aligned with him and let him work in us his full work. And when we see him again, we will be like him. What we look forward to is the glorification of these bodies when we become like him. And our process now is just trying to connect what few wires we can. And let him connect and repair us a little bit so we can go on and serve him and bring light into this world. I know I'm getting off track now. Forgive me. My mind runs in circles sometimes, but I'm chasing good rabbits. Pray with me. Holy God, That means present one. That means one who is heavy upon us as well as far, distant, unusual, and different. Holy God. Come down like heavy, like a heavy fog, like a heavy wind, like whatever. But be heavy upon us, holy God. Our hearts may burn within us while we're in your presence and at your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me and sing, uh, read, uh, (laughs) sing. Yeah, let's sing it. In my former book, O Theophilus. Why not we sing it? i going to Act 1. You know, the scriptures do, they're singable, they're very singable. But we'll read it. Acts 1, verse 1. In my former book, O Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to his apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father His promise, which you have heard from me, Speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You, plural. Amen? Oh, I wait for a Pentecost on the church. Not on me. I have my little episodes. You have your little episodes. Why keep them private? Let's have let the Holy Spirit do on the church a new number, one that is vital. Okay, now let's look at uh, Paul's instructions to the church in Corinth, uh, chapter 11, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. I'm going to read verse 17. You don't mind if I extend this a little bit? In the following, directors, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you error and to some extent I believe it. It's very modest. And to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have been many differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk.